when life gets really chaotic, I find ultimately getting back to the basics of simple, simple things, slowness, nature, quiet, these things matter and they're everything. We think it's the big thing. It's usually the little thing. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi friends, I wanted to do something a little different today. I just wanted to have a super personal chat, me and you, and speak directly to you about life. Because I always understand that I'm not alone in however I'm feeling at any given time. And I also want to shatter the facade that life is the highlight reel that social media portrays. And I want to talk about real things. So the perfectionist in me wants to give you a listicle of the five things this and the 10 things that, but it doesn't feel authentic right now. So I just want to speak to you from the heart. I also want to ground you by kind of giving you a backdrop of where I am and what I'm looking at right now, just so you can feel like you're in this space with me, like maybe we're having tea together, iced tea if it's a hot day for you, or warm tea if it's a rainy day for you. I am in Door County, Wisconsin. I am at Write On Door County, which is a writing organization here where I often teach every summer and I did a residency here. It's a beautiful, beautiful writing lodge it almost looks like. It looks very lodgy, beautiful big windows. It looks out at prairie and trees and forest and It is just abundantly full all around of wildflowers and butterflies and grasshoppers and crickets. Deer run in the forest right nearby. I often stumble upon them when I go for walks on the trails in between riding. It is absolutely stunning. Hawks fly overhead. Bees buzz around. It's a magical place. And I need this magical place right now. So I'm looking out at the wildflowers and the tall, tall grass. There's a lot of milkweed and the butterflies are loving that. I'm watching the birds flit around. There's a big pine tree in front of the window. I'm looking out at lots of pine trees actually. And they have these beautiful wooden benches along the trail around the property where you can just sit at any point along your walk and just write if you feel inspired. And if it's a bit echoey, it's because I am on the, I'm in the sun porch 
It's my favorite spot. Every time I come here, I immediately go to the sun porch. It's all windows and they have a standing desk, which I love. If you've been listening for any amount of time, you know, I love that. And I place it right against the window and I just look out and I do my work. And I often find that I do a lot of daydreaming. I'm not nearly very productive here and I like it. I take lots of pauses to go for walk breaks and I put on my long pants and my tall socks because you do have to worry about ticks (laughs) and I go for walks, slow walks, and I try to notice as much as I can. And so I know when my soul and my heart needs this because I start feeling really claustrophobic in my own body. And why I've been feeling like that is because of many things. Geo has just an awful summer cold, and while that might not seem like a very big deal, it's a pretty miserable one. Not a ton of sleeping, lots of Pedialyte and crackers and... um Lots of hanging out around the cabin. And additionally, it's been really cloudy and hazy. There's the effects of the wildfires from Canada. Lots of haze. Um, It's been pretty cloudy and rainy lately. And our, our little cabin is old and it's pretty dark when it's not sunny And this cabin that we rented this summer is is lovely, but it's also in the woods, which means that there's a canopy of leaves. So even on a bright day, it doesn't get super bright. And so on a cloudy day, we're always like, what is the weather? We don't know because it often looks kind of um, overcast under this canopy. And so I've realized that for some people, it's wonderful to be in a cabin in the middle of the woods. But I realized that for me, even though this little cabin is only four blocks from town, that I am a person who needs a lot of natural light. I need to feel like I can expand my breath and my being. And so when it's cloudy and you've got a sick little dude and you're in kind of a shadowy cabin, it's not great for the psyche. (laughs) And so I felt like after a few days of helping my husband Jamie take care of our son I needed to get out just get out get out for my own well-being and so I came here to write on and it pretty instantly changed things up even though it's still cloudy, there are enough big big windows here that I'm getting that light and it's quiet it's quiet i need quiet so badly and it's a reminder of everything that i need that when i don't get it i just feel so off so off so quickly 
So I went for a hike and I did my noticing walk, which is where I just notice what's around me. And then I do what I often do, which is I talk out loud to the universe. I talk about what's on my mind. I talk about what I'm grateful for. I ask questions like, what do I need to know right now? How can I best serve this planet, my people, my community? Please use me to do good. And I just have conversations and I listen. I kind of pause and listen. But I try to get out of the circling loop of my thoughts and do more of a noticing and a conversation rather than a steeping in my own catastrophizing. And right away, I felt better. So many interesting things happen. Like I take so many clues from nature. I looked up ahead and there were these three hawks and they were just circling, circling, circling. And I started laughing to myself (laughs) because I was like, I know universe, this is what I've been doing mentally for the last week. (laughs) Just the same thoughts, looping, looping, looping. And so nature has a way of just teaching you pretty quickly. And then a ladybug landed on my shoulder and ladybugs are my good luck symbols. When I was pregnant with Gio, we had like, oh my gosh, maybe a hundred of them just suddenly took over our guest bedroom in our house in Massachusetts, which might disturb other people. But I was like, oh my goodness, look at all the good luck here. Maybe it was on a hundred, maybe it was like 50. It was a lot of ladybugs. So I, when that happened again, I laughed because I was like, oh yeah, good reminder. I'm not alone. It is not all gloom and doom. And what has been pressing on my brain is that there's a lot of unknown in our future and many good things, but also just complicated things lots of uncertainty. For example, when we moved to Florida last year, the goal was to buy a house within the first few months there and not be renting for a long time. But who knew that the market would be so wild and so inflated (laughs) and that Florida in particular, in our particular area, the 30A area of Florida would be a hot spot where houses would double and triple in price over the course of from 2021 to 2023. The same house would cost three times what it cost two years ago. So there was that. So there's always this like, please, I don't want us to keep renting. I just want to get grounded and plant our feet. I want to have a homey grounded space for Geo. We have moved around quite a bit and we've lived in many different homes in the last few years, um, different spaces. And we are yearning for a place to call our own. So there's that always circling. But then in addition to that, we found out recently that a school 
that we had looked at for Geo. That's an incredible school, but seemed implausible. Geo got a grant to go to that school. And it was a wonderful surprise, which also comes with the fact that school starts a week earlier than his typical school. So it starts August 2nd instead of August 10th, which means that we have to get back to Florida sooner than we expected and that our rental house that we lived in last school year still has short-term renters in it and we cannot get in it (laughs) by the time school starts which means that we now have to move into our neighbor's house for a few days and Gio will be going to school while still living out of a suitcase and you know that has its own things. So lots of transitions and newness, but also deep gratitude, deep gratitude for neighbors who are willing to let us stay in their place, deep gratitude for an educational opportunity for geo, deep gratitude that we found an area that we really, really like to be living in, in Florida. So even though life feels so incredibly uncertain, there is gratitude there too. And I just think about how I don't know if there's ever been a moment in my life where some element hasn't been uncertain We have some facade of certainty and nothing is for certain, but for sure, even as I've navigated some times where things felt pretty straightforward, there's always something that I've been waiting to hear back on or wondering what's going to happen about that. How will that turn out? So this is yet another reminder about the fact that nothing is for certain and that the clenching grasping for certainty is futile and what do we do what do we do in the midst of uncertainty what do we do i find that I have to keep coming back to remind myself of the simplest things, the simplest things. Get out of the house, seek sunshine, take a slow walk in nature, find a quiet spot, write in your journal. What do I write in my journal? These days I've been doing a lot of what if, and I write about what if everything goes swimmingly. (laughs) And I do the opposite of what I do in my mind. And what I do in my mind is what if this goes to hell in a (laughs) handbasket? So on the page, I do what if. 
this goes like this and it goes so well and what if this happens and I laugh with these friends and what if this is a delight and what if that's a joy and what if this works out and what if we get help here and what if I could serve in this way and what if I had a wonderful community and what if I did good work in the world and what if, what if, what if, what if, all positive What else do I do in uncertain times? I get inspiring books. I have been reading so much Natalie Goldsberg lately, in particular her book, Wild Mind. It's an old one. It's maybe 30, 40 years old. And it just reminds me of how important creative practice is, how important it is to tune into yourself. What else am I reading? Morgan Harper Nichols, You're Only Just Beginning. Anything inspiring. I'm not, I'm not reading or watching anything that takes a negative turn right now. Nope, don't need it. I'm full up on my own catastrophizing. I listen to funny podcasts. I... Um, tonight going for a girls night with the women in the area that I've met over the last few years that are just really amazing souls. When I feel lonely, I invite, I invite, I invite, I, I plan a meetup because if I need it, other people need it. It is the exact opposite of what I want to do. It's kind of the Danielle Laporte thing that I have to remind myself of, which is you want to be loved? Well, be loving, right? You want to be invited? Well, be the inviter. And I recently found I did an Enneagram kind of assessment and I found out what I already suspected, which is that I'm definitely a one, but I also am almost equally a four, if that's possible. And one of the things that I talked about, I think with the ones is that we do the opposite sometimes of what we are inclined to do or need. So it's like, oh, we really actually need rest. We, but we go for a vigorous hike, right? We do kind of the opposite And sometimes that's bad, but sometimes I find that it's helpful to do the thing that I least want to do, but is the thing I most need. So I'm doing this girls meetup, I should say wise women meetup, we're not girls. And I start planning out in my journal how to build in more of this time what helps me feel less panicked and less oh my gosh what is happening and what are we going to do about this and what are we going to do about that I find that okay if I know things are going to be really busy then one way that helps me kind of regain back control is scheduling in clear blocks on my calendar. 
So August is going to be incredibly busy for us, end of July and August. By the time you listen to it, we're already going to be en route in some of these things, but we leave Door County and then we go celebrate Jamie's 50th birthday with him and his other 50-year-old friends on Cape Cod. So we fly out of Chicago, go celebrate, then we come back and then we have to beeline it to Florida and then live in our neighbor's house for a few days, start geo into school. And then shortly thereafter, Jamie um, heads back to Massachusetts for a memorial for one of his family members and then comes back and on and on it goes kind of in terms of just a busy start of the school year and seeing many people we want to and love to see and yet at the same time factoring in that there's going to be a lot of travel and navigating and living out of suitcases which can feel disorienting so what helps me feel oriented is putting things in my calendar where it's like this day is off limits i'm going to have no things on this day and that just helps me go and then i'm reminded that other things that are really simple help singing or making noises I was just uh, tuning in to Flora Boley. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. I took a retreat with her. She's been on this podcast. She has a community called Free Flow um, that's for artists, for um, many painters around there. And she was doing a session and she was talking about the importance of making sounds, just audible visceral sounds and scientifically what this does is it activates the vagus nerve and so you know there can be many different sounds you can do like right of any kind of vibrational humming and and making noises um ann baker my holistic healer uh talks about this a lot humming gargling Uh, When I take showers, I do a very cold shower at the end. I start warm and then go very cold at the end and just put my face and my neck in the cold stream to help activate that vagus nerve and kind of calm the nervous system. And I try to remember about the things that don't feel good in my body Like this summer has been, you know, a lot of just wanting to celebrate and and let loose and um, try foods. We're such foodies. We love, we love trying new foods. And yet all the gluten and dairy has not felt good on my body. And I can feel when I'm just so inflamed. I've been trying to go to yoga when I can. But really importantly, restorative yoga. So I went to a restorative yoga class a couple weeks ago where it was just really, really restorative yin poses where I was lying on the ground in these poses for 10 minutes at a time and fully supported by bolsters and blankets. And there was 
oh, incredible live music playing and so nice. And the instructor over, uh, Janet over at kind soul yoga in Tora County, she just knew when people needed more props or guidance and support. And it just felt so good to be taken care of. So another thing I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed and just is how can I receive care and love and help and support rather than always giving it And I try to see if I can incorporate any of this receiving into future plans. So as of late, usually end of July, early August, my brain just naturally goes into planner mode. It's the, the academic in me that every August I would prep for the fall semester ahead and it's very natural to look out at the next five months and the next nine months and just get a curriculum going. I actually have an episode about that, that aired last August about life school, life curriculum, life syllabus. But as much as I pencil in things I'm teaching, which I'm really excited about and, and things we're doing and then geo school calendar and family meetups, etc. I try to put equal emphasis on incorporating when I'm going to give back to myself and how. Okay, will this be a time for some yin yoga? Will this be a time of taking myself out for breakfast? Will this be a day where I truly don't put anything on the calendar? And even the way that I organize my weeks, Can I have lots of quiet time where I get to be introverted and write, go do something special like a walk in nature or restorative yoga class or just any kind of spiritual class that I'm looking forward to? Can I get in some, uh, I call it nest chair time where I sit in my nest in our backyard in Florida and I just daydream and I zone out? How can I do that and schedule that. And in a miniature way, I find that every day, typically at around three, between three and four, I leave some time for just decompression. That's usually when we pick Gio up from camp or school and we catch up a little bit and we just sit on the couch or, or on the porch. And I... I'm not moving around. I'm sitting, I'm planting my butt in a chair and letting my brain decompress. I literally feel it. It's like an hourglass, how the sand moves down and kind of settles. That's how the thoughts in my brain, that's what they do during that decompression time. These are the things that I do when life feels really, really overwhelming. And especially when it feels uncertain. Sometimes I like to just think about a little special treat and do some baking. I haven't lately, but it's getting back to those basics that are always helpful. Dancing, singing, listening to really good music. I just stumbled upon the Jason Mraz new album. And one day recently, I just went for a walk 
and just listened to his album and went to a park that has an overlook of the lake. And I was, as I was walking, I was kind of dancing and I was like, I don't really care who sees me (laughs) because in our house in Florida, when uh, the house is empty, I usually reserve a little bit of that time for my dancing time by myself, solo, making a fool out of myself, putting my headphones on, cranking the music loud, closing my eyes and just dancing any weird way my body wants to dance. And I realize I haven't done that in a while. And so I'm desperate to dance and move my body. So when life gets really chaotic, I find ultimately, I guess the takeaway here is that getting back to the basics of simple, simple things, good food, slowness, nature, stillness, quiet, writing, creativity, body movement, music. These things matter and they're everything. We think it's the big thing. It's usually the little thing. Maybe the big thing is scheduling in some alone time soon. I can tell I'm itching for a solid day or multiple days, a weekend, maybe even a week of quiet, alone time. And so after a busy summer, I'm looking ahead to see when I can schedule in maybe a weekend solo to remember myself again. But in the meantime, these little practices do that good work. They help us remember again who we are. They help us stay centered in the midst of all the frenetic and franticness. And it helps us get out of the swirling, circling thoughts. Just recently, Shauna Nequist in her Substack newsletter um, wrote about what's saving my life right now. That was the title, and it comes from a woman named Barbara Brown Taylor, who's written many beautiful books. And Jen Hatmaker asks the same question at the end of every interview that she does. She asks the guests, what's saving your life right now? So this was kind of my what's saving my life right now episode. Um, but also there are little funny things too. So um, what's saving my life right now? Silly. Jamie and I just binge watched um, Smartless on tour. Smartless is a podcast um, with Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman, and Will Arnett. And they're funny together. They're friends and they're really funny. And they went on tour live and they filmed it. And, uh, it, it came out and we watched that and we're just laughing that of course they talked to hilarious guests like Will Ferrell and uh, Matt Damon and so many great guests. And so we binge watched that and it was just something silly and little also things like chocolate. I look forward to it every single day. It makes me happy all the time. <laughs> These little treats and treasures can be everything in our days. Don't undersell them. Like when I got my huge chocolate bar, the salty dark chocolate yesterday and put it in my my bag, I was like, woo-hoo-hoo, yay, 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 have my chocolate. 
and I always have a piece after lunch and I have a piece after dinner and it's just like little treats to look forward to. Also text messages with my sister. She's always so funny. And we were messaging last night and, you know, just instant laughter. So friends, I hope you find what's saving your own life right now. Remember the simple things. Remember that as much as people might want to portray that life is always certain and going swimmingly, I would argue that's never the case for anyone. And this was just a reminder of that and just a little window into my heart and what's going on in my world. And I know that there are many worse things to be going through than the kind of uncertainty I'm going through right now. But still, this can leave us feeling very untethered. So even if you feel like whatever you're anxious about is frivolous or or trivial, know that it matters and it doesn't need to be put on a scale of how, how serious this is this or, oh, compared to their problems, this is nothing and shoot away. Don't do that. Whatever you're going through is completely valid. You are not alone. The world is here for you. And I hope today that you get back to the simple things that can be your hammock of support. Hello, friends. Michelle Rado here, Nadine's producer for Heart of the Story. And I'm stepping in to close out this episode for her today. As she whisks herself away, it might not surprise you to hear that Heart of the Story will be taking a little end of summer break for a few weeks. But she will be back very soon with more of the heartfelt conversation and connection that you come to this podcast for. So until then, remember... Every heart has a story, and every story has a heart. We'll see you in a few weeks. 